Many organizations struggle when it comes to communicating and realizing their business strategies. Many workers don't even understand the strategies in their own company. Welcome to the North Star with William Ulrich. Find out where your organization stands, what you might be doing right, and where you can improve. Now, here's your host, William Ulrich. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, William Ulrich. You're listening to the North Star. Feel free to contact me by email, LinkedIn, or at my website, tacticalstrategygroup.com. Today, we'll be discussing architecting for good, making a social impact with my guest, Wendy Keene. You can reference material related to the show on the North Star radio show page of my website. Wendy Keene is a managing director of S2E Transformation, helping organizations bridge the gap between strategy and execution. She's an educator, author, global thought leader, and community builder. Wendy is founder of BizArc Mastery, a fellow with the Institute of Digital Transformation, co-founder of Business Architecture Associates, senior consultant for Cutter Consortium, and co-founder of the Business Architecture Guild. She's worked extensively with nonprofits, social enterprises, and a cross-section of social initiatives. With a focus on Africa and emerging nations, Wendy created Architecting for Good to provide opportunities for professionals to share their transformation talents with social enterprises and initiatives. You can reach Wendy at, and I'm going to spell this, W-H-Y-N-D-E dot K-U-E-H-N at S. 2etransformation.com, and I will spell it again later at the end of the show for everybody, uh, or at a website, s2etransformation.com, or on LinkedIn. Uh, welcome to the show, Wendy. Glad to be here. <laughs> it's a pleasure and honor. Thanks for having me, Bill. Oh, no problem. Anything you want to add to your intro? Absolutely perfect as is. Thank okay, you. great. Uh, well, let's start out with a few basics. Um, can you first of all share a brief perspective on uh, business architecture? Um, just And we featured it before, but I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Oh, absolutely. So I like to think of business architecture as a blueprint for an entire organization that helps us see who we serve how we actually deliver that value and the things we do to deliver value and support our operations. So I think about blueprints as a vehicle to create understanding and activate change. And Bill, I've seen organizations of all sizes, industries and sectors experience this challenge in moving big ideas into action. And that's why I'm so passionate about business architecture because it helps bridge strategy and execution and make sure that our organization are designed to deliver the value they're supposed to and support the operations. Ah, it's great. And uh, what is architecting for good, if you give us an overview? Absolutely. So I'll, I'll start from the beginning here, but I really fell in love with the idea from a Frederick, uh, a Friedrich uh, Beekner quote. And he said that true vocation joins self in service. It comes from the place where your deep gladness meets the world's deep need. And so the idea of architecting for good was born when I began working extensively with social entrepreneurs and nonprofits on the ground in Africa. And in fact, at the time I went to the company I was working at and said, how about I work 12 months in a nine month period and I take three months a year and do pro bono. So that was really where it all started. The idea was born. And I realized that many of the same challenges that we have in corporate large organizations 
also applied to nonprofits and social entrepreneurs. And I saw that business architecture could help them to start and sustain and scale over time. So basically, architecting for good is the idea of creating and using a business architecture and other structured business methods to help mission-driven organizations better achieve their missions. But I will say that Every organization has a business architecture, whether or not it's written down, but I just found that it was less common for mission-driven organizations to have that. So architecting for good is really about providing pro bono help to these organizations that are making a very important um, difference in our world. That is fantastic. Um, So how about a couple of some examples of mission-driven organizations? Yeah, absolutely. So in this category, I include basically any organization that's created to solve a societal challenge or uh, deliver a societal benefit. So we can think about non-governmental organizations, certainly nonprofit organizations, churches, And as the worlds of purpose and profit are colliding, we also have social entrepreneurs and social enterprises and a whole host of of interesting structures that are emerging. Are there some uh, UN organizations that might fall into this category? Um, Most definitely, any and all of them. And um, I would love to see them, you know, be you know, leveraging business architecture on their own and also to work together, also to work across agencies indeed. That would be great. Um, so what are some of the challenges these, these organizations might be facing that, that maybe they have in common? At the heart, I think the challenge is how does an organization achieve its mission to the greatest possible extent while leveraging its very precious resources, whether those are are people, staff, volunteers, funding, whatever it may be. Um, Funding, of course, always top of mind and critical, Mm. but also being able to measure impact. And so maybe I'll share some, some common challenges that I've observed as we do those things. And the first is designing a viable and effective business model and having clarity of vision. So it's so important that everyone in an organization understands what they do from the board members to the fund to the you know the, the funding partners to all sorts of partners potentially government and then when it comes time to scale or change what the organization does that gives us a starting point and the second uh, challenge i've seen is as i alluded to translating direction or ideas into action. And I've seen organizations challenged just in strategic planning and how do we decide what to do, what's a priority, how do we leverage our resources? Uh, And certainly when it comes time to scale that mission and expand an organization, that requires articulating what the future looks like. It requires thinking through all the people, the process the technology, potentially the assets and locations required to scale and creating a cohesive plan to get there. So I'll give an example. Um, I, I worked alongside a free newspaper in an African nation that was mostly operating around the capital, but they decided that they wanted to scale to the entire country. And so that requires thinking through, do we need to move the headquarters? 
Do we actually need to bring in a very large printing press into this country? How will we do that? How will we distribute these papers to very remote areas and villages? And do we actually need to form a middle management layer, right? So that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, now, these organizations are also much less likely to have some of these uh, formal business architecture, some other formalities, right? Definitely. And, and that's a really good point. And, and you know, I guess my, my observation, I'll share anyway, um, it's, I, I don't see the same structured methods in every case, and certainly not a business architecture. I think they're just not quite as prevalent uh, anyway, as I've seen in mission-driven organizations. Um, I think the focus is just different, though some methods have absolutely transcended. Uh, there's a technique called the business model canvas that we see pretty ubiquitously in any type or size of organization. Um, and I think there are a couple determinants that also contribute to whether or not an organization has a business architecture. And one is the size of the organization. So uh, at smaller and mid-sized organizations, I think, are less likely to have a formal business architecture. And then there's also a locational context that may lend uh, whether it's likely to have an architecture or not. Got it. Um, that's Yeah. And um, so what kind of benefits then have you seen for, or opportunities rather maybe um, for organizations uh, for leg from leg leveraging business architecture then? Mm -hmm. I mean, simply said, more impact, more mm -hmm. impact. And that comes from, from a variety of, of different factors. But if we can tell our story in a compelling and cohesive way, inside and outside of an organization so that we can excite people and inspire them to act. Um, if we can make sure that we're structured to operate in the most effective way, leveraging those, those precious resources. And when it comes time, if we can find ways to scale and reimagine what we do and, and what we offer so that we can expand uh, and evolve that mission. And if we can make even better decisions and be able to weigh options um, in an effective way and be able to respond to change. So all those things contribute to an organization being able to be even more impactful, which is what we're ultimately after. Are there any organizations that have benefited more or uh, or less from from business architecture just in your experience or are there any categories there? Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, I mean, I think any organization can benefit. Any organization that is going through change uh, or looking for clarity, right, or mm. trying to plan that those are all good scenarios. Um, I mean, from an architecting for good as the pro bono offering initiative, we tend to focus on small and mid-size mission-based organizations because they're less likely to have the resources. Um, you know, even a larger mission-driven organization is is you know can be able to create their own, their own business architecture team. And another example is. Um, initiatives that cross organizational boundaries. So uh, I've done some efforts to work across sectors, you know, creative, sort of transformational efforts, and they can benefit a lot as well because it's less likely someone's gonna step up and sort of create the blueprint across that initiative. 
Yeah, there's a lot of sharing um, either of resources or of the people being served, right? So there's a lot of opportunity there for maybe that cross-structural uh, engagement and integration work together. You're absolutely right. And um, and when we, huh, I, I can't underscore how important this is. Um, this actually puts organizations together to be able to deliver on an even bigger mission, right? So let's take an example. If, if I work in a nonprofit organization and maybe we're responsible for delivering um, medicines, something like that, or supplies in a certain place, if we only focus on getting the supplies or keeping our end of the deal up, well, what about how we actually get those medicines, you know, to the right places? What's the distribution? Who's going to do that? Who makes sure they, they get moved on time, that they are refrigerated if needed? So absolutely, Bill, the cross-organizational um, collaboration is such an opportunity. Uh, so the services provided uh, to these um, social enterprises in, in, under Architecting for Good, can you describe some of uh, what, what you do and what other people do? Mm-hmm. You know, we do, we do take it on a case-by-case basis and just understand what it is an organization is challenged with or what they're trying to achieve. But some of the most common things we do are just first basic blueprinting, just mm-hmm. helping them write down what they do in a structured way, which can be so valuable because it, it helps people think about it in a different way. And it helps create consensus uh, among people that may not always have that conversation. So we have a shared understanding. So the first one is just really the, the blueprint creation. A second service would be around strategic planning. Um, So that could look like helping to facilitate or helping to support prioritization or uh, whatever it may be as part Mm. of a strategic planning process, Um, whether it's just kind of an annual rhythm or a regular rhythm or if it's for something big and new. Um, yeah, we also help to, um, to optimize an organization, and, and this can vary widely because, uh, just to give you one example, um, we worked with an organization that really wanted to dig into their fundraising processes, their, the, the way they received gifts, and they had some real special exception cases, so we helped them to get transparency, uh, help them you know, put some criteria in place to make decisions and be more consistent about that. So that's an example of, of optimizing. Does it start with a mission usually um, and what they're trying to do? Well, that's a great question. Um, I mean, always we want to understand what is the context and and why are we doing what we're doing. But in the example of just, hey, please help us. We, we need to get some transparency and, and consensus around fundraising processes. While we need to kind of have a nod and understand the mission, that's a little bit more of a, of a targeted. Mm-hmm. But certainly for services where we're starting an organization, that's another right. one. We'll, we'll help people start up and design what they're going to do. We're helping them to scale. Absolutely. Uh, we, would, we would definitely need to know the mission in those cases. And, and you've helped uh, start things up, right? Startups, right? Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Startups, spinoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, it's, okay. I mean, we can think about it as start, scale, you know, and then operate and transform. Really, any of those are good cases. That's a good point. I'm glad we got that in there because people sometimes think it always has to be some established organization that, that's happening there. Um, so that's good. Um, so uh, disciplines brought to bear, you mentioned business architecture. There's, there's sort of a myriad of things you offer or, or would, would put together. Is that right? Yeah. 
Indeed. And and that's an important point because um, especially working with small and mid-sized organizations, we have to be able to blend and mix and kind of mm. solve the problems that are there. And we can't just sort of only focus on one discipline. So while business architecture does serve as, as the centerpiece, the blueprint that we all share, maybe the scaffolding, some other common things we blend in would be human-centered design. So thinking mm, about yeah. designing products and services and journeys from from beneficiaries' perspective or, or other perspectives, um, strategy uh, because we end up being very very helpful thinking partners to think through decisions and direction. Um, and then I have to say, you know, things like process modeling as well as organization design. We blend all those in and more project management and and even some others. Yeah. Mm, okay, and. Um- so there's there, you started, I think, getting into this a little bit, but the uniqueness of business architecture in some of these social enterprises, uh, it, it would differ from maybe what you'd see from a, a large private sector for profit, right, type of type of organization. Is that fair? It is fair, and while um, while the the business architecture framework we use applies equally, there are a couple important nuances. One is language and mindset. So, for example, shifting from thinking about customers in a for-profit setting to constituents or beneficiaries, from thinking strategy, maybe to thinking mission or policy, uh, and thinking not profit, but but thinking about impact and, and measuring impact. The other factor is around right-sizing of the approach. So just being very adept and very adaptive, uh, especially, again, in small and mid-sized organizations to only do artifacts and activities that we know are directly going to lead to the value that we're going to provide and helping to socialize people to the techniques over time. Nice. Uh, we'll pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The North Star. I'm William Ulrich. We're discussing architecting for good, making a social impact with my guest, Wendy Keen. You can contact her via email at wendy.keen. Uh, and I'll spell it again at the end of the show at s2etransformation.com. We'll be right back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you having trouble articulating your strategic objectives? Not sure if your program investments are aligned to your strategic vision? Wondering why your six, seven, and eight-figure program investments seem to evaporate into thin air, even as your business teams are left to add more people, take on more risk, and take heat from unhappy customers? Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich can help ensure that your strategic objectives translate into sustainable, successful investments. For more information, visit our website at tacticalstrategygroup.com. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at VoiceAMBusiness. Again, that's at VoiceAMBusiness. And stay current. Your organization is spending seven, eight, or even nine figures annually on transformation programs. And you're questioning the bottom line business value. You were told not to worry. We've engaged the best system integrators, and they said all is well. Has your IT organization become a black box where money goes in, but nothing comes out? 
Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich has seen every side of this story, from upfront happy talk to painful post-mortems. Find out what's really going on. Visit tacticalstrategygroup.com and ask about TSG's Transformation Oversight Service. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to the North Star. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to wmmulrich at tsgconsultinginc.com. That's wmmulrich at tsgconsultinginc.com. Now, back to the North Star. Here again is William Ulrich. Welcome back to the North Star. I'm William Ulrich. You can reach me by LinkedIn. Email at my website. We're discussing architecting for good, making a social impact with my guest, Wendy Keen. Uh, Wendy, uh, you gave us a great setup. So um, how about some real world um, examples or stories that you can share? Oh, absolutely. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, there are some incredibly amazing people around the world doing some pretty cool things. So I'm glad to share, share some stories. Um, maybe the first I'll share, it's a, it's a Cuban artist who actually works with disadvantaged artists to bring their art into the public. Mm-hmm. And one thing we did with Architecting for Good with them, and this actually just started as a, as a whiteboarding session around their business model and how they could monetize and productize to, to make more revenue, right, to support the work. And, um, and it was great because, you know, just even with that little brainstorming, that putting the minds together and some architecting of the business model, the next time I, I visited Cuba, I, they had this unbelievable store <laughs> in the gallery, and they're selling all these products that they're making, um, and, and they're actually sharing some of them around the world as well. So, so that's an example of, you know, how do we actually monetize and productize and think a little bit different about what we do? Nice. Um, that's a great one. Um, and you, you know, you mentioned Cuba, but you've done these things in a, in a few different places, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure, certainly, um, quite a few places actually, uh, including including places in the states mm-hmm. and uh, lots of places in Africa and Cuba and Brazil and uh, yes, indeed, indeed. Okay. Um, maybe share some other stories. So, mm-hmm. um, in terms of strategic planning, helping a nonprofit to work with the leaders and the board to understand the direction and the objectives, right? On sort of working across the fronts that they're trying to make impact, uh, translating that into the initiatives they would be doing. And what was really interesting about shaping the work is this, com- this company, this, this organization has grown now so much over the years. It has different operations and different products all around the world and quite a few different countries. But we started organizing their work around the idea of a capability, which they hadn't thought about before. So, you know, we said, hey, we're actually have built a big capability across the world to design products, to develop products, to take them through regulatory processes for approval, to disseminate them, to educate people, right? So um, by looking at their, their work in terms of capabilities, we were actually able to better um, maximize the resources, 
identify new resources, both staff and volunteers that we need, and, and even share sort of enablement and best practices where before that conversation, we were really looking at it as just a whole bunch of work happening around the, around the world. Mm. Yeah, I think um, we, uh, you know, we, we, we look at things and, and in this particular, these, these particular scenarios, uh, the this, this scale up and sort of rapidness has to be there, right? Um, there's no time to sort of go spend two years playing around with your capability map like we see in some, uh, unfortunately, see in some for-profit uh, organizations, right? You're so right. The practicality is essential. And you know what? When that scale-up time comes, we have made work, have worked years, right, to actually get mm-hmm. to that point. And we're remembering that on the other side, our ability to scale is serving people and meeting their needs. So it's it's never been more important. And uh, what also happens is, you know, as as work gains traction we get more and more funding and sometimes mm. very big dollar amounts. And uh, we need to be able to handle it and use it and right. be able to structurally show uh, whether they're partners or investors that we have the ability to scale and use their funds appropriately. So all that's really, really important. So I know this all feeds each other, but the, the fundraising, um, you, you've seen successes in that area as well. Then, right? I have, I have Bill, because it's about telling the story better knowing where you want to have the funding and knowing what is really a priority, like where you really need it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll share some more stories, even if I could. On yeah, that no, well, please yeah. do. But I, I would say that, you know, just from, from looking at an organization, you know, whether it's a Gates Foundation or whoever it is that's, that's putting money out there, uh, I would think if you had a, uh, a mission-based business model and you had some of these other structures in place, I think there'd be a, a, a lot of um, sort of respect for the organization that's gone through that that d- degree of you know whatever degree of formality that's there, right? Is that is that um, you see the benefits there? It is a hundred percent spot on, and I'll give you two examples. One is um, an investor, an investor mm-hmm. in social uh, entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and uh, in fact, they bring business architecture in. They'll literally say here's an organization we're working with. We think they need X, Y, and Z. Can you go work with them? So you couldn't be more right. I'm really excited when people, people are starting to ask for it. That, that's great. Um, I think you wanted to share maybe uh, one or two more examples. Yeah, please? if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, please. Uh, here's another example, and it's, it's direct proof of what you're saying around the funding too. So this is an example of a nonprofit organization started by a doctor and they create holistic health clinics in Ghana. And by holistic, mm-hmm. I mean they provide the health services, uh, they provide the, the energy, uh, they've even provided connectivity for telemedicine, mm-hmm. uh, they provide water, right? So they're very holistic. But as they were doing this wonderful work, they also developed a very unique electronic medical records system that is mm-hmm. tailored, like nothing in the world, towards very rural circumstances and conditions and people with the same first names and like, you know, oh. all these challenges that we, we may find. And so when we met them, um, they wanted to really scale in, in, in Ghana, right? Scale the, the mm. holistic health clinics. But, but so two things actually happen. And this is where um, the architectural thinking and in, in, you know, approaching this in different ways came in. Because what we actually did, we spun off a for-profit business, a social enterprise. So it is for-profit, mm. but it does have a responsibility by law to, to deliver on a mission. That business funds 
the nonprofit, but that business is all around uh, selling the electronic medical record solution to mm -hmm. other rural places around the world. And then on the other side of it, um, you know, we we you know created a roadmap to help scale the clinics in in Ghana. But he, the, the the funding part that's really cool is, as we were working with this this organization. And, and part of it we did just over a weekend. And from the, the beginning to the end, you know, they were saying, I understand what we do so much better. I never thought about this. I never thought about that. I feel good about telling the story. And with that confidence and with the documentation that we provided behind it, they actually um, ended up getting a, a whole bunch of press and mm. uh a free a, a company stepped up to rewrite their software so that it could scale the EMR software for free. So wow, <laughs> okay, that that's a great story. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know the spinoff that, that that's an interesting yeah. one because it, you know big companies do that too. We, you and I were talking about the vestitures this week, um, yes. and, and and to see it working and and in a very positive way for these social organizations is is incredible. I mean, right. uh, really positive kind of things. So, um, and, and please feel free to sort of insert any other examples as we go. But, sure. um, you know, when, when we talk about adopting this approach, right? So for nonprofits, NGOs, other social enterprises uh, that are more mission versus revenue based. Um, so how would you recommend that, you know, if one's listening today, how would they get started with their journey? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think just stepping in lightly is is a good approach. Mm -hmm. And just start with basic blueprints. Um, just start creating some basic blueprints that the, the business model, or there's actually a version called a mission model that's that's right. better crafted, right, for this space. Um, create that. Create some what we call value streams, just high-level flows about the important things that your organization does. Maybe it's delivering programs or, you know, maybe it's around your fundraising. And even, um, remember I was talking about using capabilities as a way to plan, just sort of listing out the building blocks that you do. Um, mm -hmm. Those three things are, are pretty powerful blueprints that can be used in many ways. And from there, just start using them. Oh, put them up on the wall in the office. Um, you know, just uh, start, just, just like we would if we were talking to each other and we were planning a road trip, I'd be pointing on a map on where we're going to meet. Just just use it as a map uh, for everybody to, to kind of use and evolve and, and try to work it in wherever, wherever useful, strategic planning or otherwise. And I think the, the uses will become natural and sort of the light bulb moments will happen. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, while uh, a lot of big companies can put people on things to, to sort of really maybe over drill down, but, but uh, you know, being able to see, you know, with the mission model canvas, which I, I'm glad you mentioned that because people listening should, should know that's out there. Um, if, if you're not, not revenue driven, but mission driven, that's something to keep in mind. But just seeing sort of that, you know, how do I engage with um, all my stakeholders from a value perspective, right? Who's, who's getting value, right? And, and lots of times they know that, but they may not have sort of thought through how they deliver that value or that perspective on value, right? So, and then who's, who's contributing, including partners, right? Who are we working with to be able to make sure we can deliver that value? And those are, you can, you can lay those out in fairly straightforward perspectives for, for these organizations, right? Yes, exactly. And I actually, uh, I want to echo the point about stakeholders because mm -hmm. stakeholders have become even more important to be thinking about what is our impact on all these people, even, um, even uh, like, so there's a, there's a, actually a legal 
entity in the U.S. Mm. now called a benefit corporation, where it's mm. it acts like a corporation, but it has this this responsibility by law to to deliver on its mission. But it has to do a benefit report to say here's all the stakeholders and here's how we impact them or benefit them. So, absolutely, these blueprints are are easy to create and keep visible and you know have top of mind. Yeah, that that's great. So, would these organizations have to set up? Um, some sort of in-house structure or team or somebody responsible for these things? Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, perfect world, everyone uses and helps to, you know, evolve and improve the, the blueprints. I mean, that's just, that's the way we want it to work, but you are right though. Um, it tends to benefit from central, some, some centralization. Mm -hmm. So for a small or mid-size organization, you know, it's interesting because there's usually a natural person or persons yeah. that will step up to steward the blueprints and keep them top of mind as part of their responsibilities. And that's pretty normal. It won't be their full responsibility, but it'll be part of what they do. But mm -hmm. for larger mission-driven organizations, that is a different dynamic. And you know what, they're larger, so they have even more need mm -hmm. for business architecture. So in those cases, it is good to set up a team, even if it's a smaller team, uh, where the first step is to really understand the concrete value that business architecture will be used for in the organization to build the blueprints and then to, you know, again, use them in support of that, that value uh, desired. And with a larger business architecture team, there is a unique role that business architects can play within an organization to inform, you know, decisions or direction that's being made, help to translate it in coordinated ways, help to inform prioritization um, and things like that. Is there a willingness on the leadership part of these organizations? Do they see, is it easy to explain the value or do they, do they get that? It's such a good question. It's it, it's it's different situations. Um, well, let me paint my first my my favorite example to you. Uh, one of the the Mozambican social entrepreneurs I worked with, he got this idea so much and from the very beginning that uh, he would literally walk around. You know, he'd be introducing me and saying, "This is my business architect." Right. So some people <laughs> really get it. Um, you know, I've even heard. You know, yeah. I so a lot a lot of people will really get it. But many organizations don't. It's it's just sort of a different way of thinking, um, a little bit more structure maybe than they're used to. So if if it's that situation, most important is always to focus on what it is with the outcome, what it is we're going to try to do with the business right. architecture, and then de-emphasize the technique and emphasize obviously the results. You you probably often can start with. Um... Uh, the people you serve, you know, who's going to, who, who are the people you're targeting and serving? Um, sort of paint that picture and say, now, have, have you thought about, you know, how you sort of get, get to this point where you deliver that kind of value to them? It, yeah. To me, that always seems like a reasonable starting point, maybe for these organizations that, that would resonate. Um, maybe, I, I, I know all the issues we have with trying to, to talk to for-profit leaders who are too busy yes. trying to get to their, their next quarter profits, but um, for these organizations, I, I, I would hope at least, and maybe there's going to be more over time as the stories emerge, um, that they're open to these ideas, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, with weaving it in, maybe I'll, I'll give another example. Um, worked with a, a nonprofit that was shifting their actually 
the fundamental leadership of the organization from the U.S., where the, the nonprofit is sort mm-hmm. of funded and started, to the nation where the work is actually happening. So mm-hmm. this is just, um, this is such a bold and wonderful move, which, yeah. which as it should be. But, you know, this is an example where we actually used capabilities to go down literally every capability of the organization. We listed them mm-hmm. and said, who's going to do it? Is it going to happen in the U.S. or is it going to happen mm-hmm. in the other country? Or are we going to do it jointly? We didn't have to call it. We didn't even use the word capability. Right. We just talked about stuff we do, but we used it as an organizing construct. And sort of that's the way to just work it in. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in, in the big formal way, we talk about organization maps and capabilities and those types of things. Um, we'll go to break in a, in a minute or two, but um, some, some any specialized frameworks or reference models or other aids for these, these organizations? Yeah, absolutely. We did already mention the the mission model, the adapted business model canvas mm-hmm. uh, from from Strategizer uh, is the website okay. where you can okay. get that. Um, I think journey mapping is a wonderful technique, and and just a Google search mm-hmm. will reveal some good sources. And then, Bill, um, the government reference model from the mm-hmm. Business Architecture Guild, uh, which we can certainly talk more about, but that reference model has uh, value streams and capabilities, and it's for a government context, but there is much that can be used and adapted mm-hmm. and can apply to, to nonprofit organizations, not just the, the basics of, you know, right. let's say, constituent or beneficiary and then the service they offer, but also potentially their industries around healthcare or whatever it is that Mm. they, education, whatever it is that they deliver. Excellent point. And uh, yeah, businessarchitectureguild.org, you can go to there and and get that type of information. Uh, We are going to take another quick break. So you're listening to the North Star. Uh, I'm William Ulrich, and we're discussing architecting for good, uh, making a social impact, with my guest, Wendy Keen, and uh, you can contact her by email at wendy.keen at s2etransformation.com. We'll be right back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Your organization is spending seven, eight, or even nine figures annually on transformation programs, and you're questioning the bottom line business value. You were told not to worry. We've engaged the best system integrators, and they said all is well. Has your IT organization become a black box where money goes in, but nothing comes out? Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich has seen every side of this story, from upfront happy talk to painful post-mortems. Find out what's really going on. Visit tacticalstrategygroup.com and ask about TSG's Transformation Oversight Service. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you having trouble articulating your strategic objectives? Not sure if your program investments are aligned to your strategic vision? Wondering why your six, seven, and eight-figure program investments seem to evaporate into thin air, even as your business teams are left to add more people, take on more risk, and take heat from unhappy customers? 
Tactical Strategy Group's William Ulrich can help ensure that your strategic objectives translate into sustainable, successful investments. For more information, visit our website at tacticalstrategygroup.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to the North Star. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to wmmulrich at tsgconsultinginc.com. That's wmmulrich at tsgconsultinginc.com. Now, back to the North Star. Here again is William Ulrich. Welcome back to the North Star. I'm William Ulrich. We, uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn, email or website. Uh, we're discussing architecting for good, making a social impact with my guest, uh, Wendy Keene. Uh, Wendy, before break, you mentioned the uh, government reference model. Uh, I think you wanted to talk a little bit more about, uh, uh, about some spinoffs from there. Yeah, absolutely. And this also goes back to our conversation of architecting across organizational boundaries. So using the government reference model, um, we did a cross-sector effort that helped an African nation uh, transform their education system. So uh, part of why that government reference model is so useful, because it gives us a higher level view, right, of we can pick out capabilities and value streams that are related to an education system. So um, what we actually did is we brought together a number of partners uh, Ministry of Education, of course, uh, a former president's foundation, a very prominent nonprofit that that orchestrated the effort, and um, among among other players, a university from Brazil. Mm-hmm. And what we basically did is we created a blueprint for the future of the education, what it would look like in terms of curriculum and teacher training and use of technology and model schools, which is an idea that came from the university in, in Brazil. And then we created a roadmap on how we would actually do that over, over a period of time. So just to think a really good example of the power of shared blueprint uh, to activate change and working together in partnership across organizations. Right, and some people think it's a catchphrase, but it is a holistic perspective that you can gain and you don't have to go digging into a lot of detail to really get that and then people can, can sort of get that. So if, if somebody's out there at one of these organizations today and they're listening in, um, what kind of guidance can you give them? Mm-hmm. If you'd like to learn more about business architecture, the, de- the definitive source is the Business Architecture Guild. So businessarchitectureguild.org. Uh, it's the not-for-profit uh, global industry association around the discipline. So there's a body of knowledge and lots of things to learn out there. And for hands-on assistance, particularly if you are a small or mid-sized mission-driven organization or doing one of those cross-sector efforts, as I just mentioned, um, we have volunteers in the Architecting for Good initiative that can help. Ah, okay. So so this practice is um, uh, growing, I guess, based on um, sort of some of the frameworks that, that you've put together. Uh, so if... Um, you know, organize or all those people out there, right, with some skills who are socially minded. And, uh, you know, what are, what are some of the uh, groups out there or professionals? Um, uh, what's all out there? 
Mm-hmm. We we can think about this in a couple couple different levels. And uh, in the show notes, we have links to architecting for good, global, and local, mm-hmm. just to, to match to what I'm sharing here. But so we have a global component that focuses on, in some cases, education. That's been an idea that people mm-hmm. have brought forth, just educating nonprofits on, on okay. these ideas and how they can apply them, uh, as well as helping organizations really anywhere in the world. Thanks to our wonderful digital technology, we can do that. Um, but there is also a an, an architecting for good local component, um, which I cannot say enough good about. So um, this started with the Twin Cities Business Architecture Forum, uh, which basically included architecting for good as a major component of their of their community, their business architecture community, and what they offer. So. They are actually bringing business architects in that community and matching up them up with nonprofits in their local communities to help. And even beyond that, TCBAF has now started to uh, support, incubate um, other local groups. For example, there's one in in Dallas, Fort Worth, in the United mm-hmm. States. So, uh, yeah, they also play, they have some uh, starter kit out there and mm-hmm. tools that uh, anyone that wants to start a local group of volunteering that they can learn from what's been done already. Oh, that's great. Um, and so it's starting to get get some uh, not only traction but tentacles out there, uh, where you know, like I guess in the U.S., for example, the Twin Cities uh, can probably give them some insights and and some help to get going. Um, if, if um, oh, and I, I also want to mention, sometimes this gets overlooked a lot, but the Business Architecture Guild, if you're a certified business architect, you actually get continuing education units for working with these organizations. You know, you could do, if you did, you know, enough work with one of these organizations, you can pick up all your continuing education units for, for the three-year period. You won't have to take the exam again, and then you also won't have to go do some other things to, to maintain those, right? So there's a whole, there's an encouragement to contribute, I think, is, is what's out there. And I think, are you starting to see more interest in this area by uh, professionals? I, I am. Uh, I am. And in all parts of the world, I'm excited mm-hmm. to say. There are, um, again, just incredibly, not just the, 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 the mission-driven organizations and those people, but there are a lot of business architects that I think are just amazing people. They're wired to serve mm-hmm. and help. And so we are absolutely seeing the interest increasing. Yeah, people should be aware that, um, you know, th- there's a, a large um, contingent of business architects in a lot of countries in the world. And, and we see that because we, we can look at the membership role of the Business Architecture Guild and see, you know, X number in, in South Africa or, you know, people in Mozambique and things like that uh, who are, are engaged and, and working on some of these things. So if I was a professional and I'm listening to this and, and I wanted to go somewhere, is there a place to, uh, to go to get uh, more information about this? Yes, in um, in the show notes, architecting for okay. good global or local, and don't worry. Um, wherever you go, we'll we'll get you to the right place. Whether you're interested in volunteering or starting something in your area, and we'll come back to you and we'll we'll ask a little bit about your skills and where you're located and what your passions mm-hmm. are and and where it is that you want to contribute. So yeah, we want to hear from you. Just uh, yeah. contact us. And and uh, a reminder to people that uh, tacticalstrategygroup.com, uh, the Voice America radio, the North Star radio show page, uh, will have a link back to the recording of this. And it'll also have uh, some of those show notes and and reference points that Wendy's mentioning. Uh, Skill sets that somebody might be bringing to the table. What are we really looking at there? 
in terms of what, what my, somebody might be bringing in? Yeah. Well, business architecture is the core. However, here's the good thing. Um, you don't have to be an expert in business architecture. In mm-hmm. fact, part of the beauty of this program of architecting for good is it gives you a way to learn how to do business architecture mm-hmm. by working alongside other architects and having to practice the discipline in a very different, a very urgent, a very tangible context. So, um, you know, familiarity with business architecture and whatever other skills you have that you'd like to bring to bear, whether it's, you know, journey mapping or strategy or, or analysis, all those are welcome. And we sort of do the assigning of, of people to, um, to, to uh, efforts as it makes sense based on their skill set and interest. The one thing I will also say, though, is, um, you know, bring your heart, uh, bring a, a, just the ability to commit and to care is also really important, I think, when, when working with these people. Um, the world's gone kind of virtual in the past uh, year and a half. Um, it's a lot of this work going on virtually these days, um, for better or for worse. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. good. It is. And, and what's nice is virtual is good even in times like these, but also if we've done on the ground work, but then we have follow-ups, especially for working in other countries, right? It makes it very, very viable. <laughs> yeah, I think some of these countries are are getting uh, reasonably good infrastructure in terms of, but because there's no, there's not a lot of not a old infrastructure like the U.S. has, you know, maybe Europe has this old infrastructure we put in a hundred years ago. Uh, they're not really, they're not tied down by that. So there's there's new infrastructure going in. I think some of these uh, African countries, for example, are putting in like five G networks and things like that. Is that is that a fair statement? Good question. I have to say I'm not as familiar with it, but we mm. certainly still experience challenge in a bunch of places yeah. where it hasn't reached. And, you know, that that's part of the adventure is working through right. and things like that. You know? Right. So um, uh, organizations that are out there um, that and I know you work with a lot of them, but, um, you know, can, can you kind of describe sort of maybe one of your experiences in terms of just going into one of these organizations sort of because uh, you've done a lot of these, but going in sort of fresh with one of these organizations and, and sort of the conversations you would have in, in, in terms of those early stages. Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, you know, it depends on their situation. And I'm going to say whether they're at a starting a new organization, trying to do something specific to improve and mm-hmm. whatever it is, or whether they're, they're starting to scale. But, um, you know, and maybe I even go back to the newspaper example, Um so that was honestly spending a lot of time with the founder in the team, understanding what they did, um, living on the ground, actually going out on the paper runs, you know, on the yeah. tuk-tuks to actually experience it. Um, and then starting to sort of document the blueprints. And in their case, they were about scaling. So uh, facilitating a lot of visionary sessions on what that's actually going to look like. How are we actually going to get the revenue to actually be able to do some of these things that we need to do? How can we be creative? How can we twist and turn sort of mm. the, the things that we're doing and offer offer uh, new things? Um, and then, you know, just working with a team to roll out plans, you know, in, in that example too, it's like I'm almost a part of the team that I'm playing sort of a certain role, whether I'm on the ground or whether I'm remote, I'm kind of working as part of the team. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just continuing to, to check in. That's also, um, you know, a- along the way, we become really valuable thinking partners 
invaluable accountability partners, right? Mm. To just check in on where things are at or bouncing ideas off and helping to make decisions. That's one thing that is really cool that happens in these relationships is after we maybe do an initial project together, then they keep coming back and back for more things. The same gentleman would be like, hey, I'm going to be in New York and I want creating a new uh, organization with my Danish partner. Can you come architect our, our organization? So there I am, you know, with a notebook and architecting a new business for a weekend. So it's pretty it's, cool. That is pretty neat. Is there a message you would give? Um, to? There's some some organizations out there. You know, I, I mentioned Gates, but there's a bunch of them. You know, there's larger organizations. There's also the UN proper, right? That has mm-hmm. a lot of things going on in a lot of countries. Um, is there a message you would pass on to some of these um, uh, organizations that have that can carry influence in 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 a lot of these areas? Is there is there something where you know if you were sitting down with you know the heads of some of these organizations or or people that can influence um, could, that they can motivate some of these kinds of things happening and uh, you know on a larger scale? That's a fantastic question, and I think that's a way we can make a big impact because. As we've said, business using a business architecture can help us make a better and bigger impact. So um, I would counsel those organizations to ask for an organization's business architecture to where needed help, um, help provide funding for those to be created, um, to, to get them, uh, you know, to be requesting documentation that shows that structured thought and backing. That is perhaps one of the best things we can do and setting an example for it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen some motive, challenges of motivation in some of these because they don't understand it, right? So there's a there's a learning curve even for them. Um, so what are your overall goals and hopes uh, going forward for the program? Uh, well, perfect world. I'd love to see a movement of architecting for good where you know architects are helping organizations around the world uh, make an even bigger impact with their their organizations. Again, I think there's such a beauty in that quote uh, from Frederick Beekner where um, you know the the world's deep need in your deep gladness meet that is just a powerful space mm. that i've 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 learned firsthand. So I'd love to see a lot more of that, organizations being successful. But but even better, Bill, um, I'd like to see organizations have a business architecture from the beginning that grows with them so that they can scale and make better decisions and operate and use their precious resources and really at the heart, you know, have architectural and structured thinking uh, that becomes just a way that they operate. Fantastic. Um, so my guest today, Wendy Keen from S2E Transformation. We've been discussing architecting for good, making a social impact. You can re- reach her, I'll spell it, uh, W-H-Y-N-D-E.K-U-E-H-N at S2Etransformation.com uh, or website S2Etransformation.com or on LinkedIn. You can find links to the material on my radio show page of my website. Thank you, Wendy, for sharing your insights today. Thank you so much. All the best. And my guest next week will be Kevin Studley. We'll be discussing mainframe computers, dispelling myths, getting to the facts. Um, if you're thinking about moving off the mainframe, you may want to join this and um, find out a little bit more before you go jumping into that, that soup. Uh, we, you've been listening to The North Star. I'm your host, William Ulrich. You can contact me by email, LinkedIn, or at my website. Thanks for joining me today, and I'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the North Star. 
Please join host William Ulrich for another edition of the program next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll continue our discussion on strategy execution then. 